Reminder, we have been in chapters 6 through 19 in this section of the book of Revelation. And 6 through 19, remember, we are looking at future events, right? Events that are going to happen in the future, specifically um, an event known as the tribulation period, which will last seven years. And personally, I do not believe we will be here on planet Earth for that time. I believe Jesus keeps his promises to his children, Our Lord Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and we are called to comfort one another with those words. By the way, I hope you're comforted this morning, being reminded that Jesus is coming for us. His return is imminent. He said he's coming like a thief in the night to, for a big mass evacuation before God's wrath is poured out upon, uh, upon planet Earth. And so 6 through 19, though, we've seen, haven't we? We've seen um, a sequence or uh, a chronological order of judgments that are going to happen during that seven-year period. It began with, what were the first judgments? The, the seal judgments, and the seal judgments give way to the trumpet judgments, and then the trumpet judgments give way to the, the bowl judgments. That's right. And intermixed within those judgments, we found a number of intermissions or pauses, or if you will, a parenthesis, a parenthetical break, where we are given more information, more insight, um, some of the backstory also of uh, what's going on during this time period, and who are some of the key figures, key personages that will be on the scene during the tribulation period. Remember in chapter 12, we've been in a parenthesis for a while, chapter 12 through 14, or an intermission. And remember, it was in chapter 12, we were introduced to the dragon, right, Satan, and we, we, we see his, his, the, the brutality, um, the deception, um, the dastardly plans that he has to wipe out, to enslave and to wipe out humanity. And then we learn in chapter 13, there's two human instruments that he will use to accomplish his dastardly plans. Remember, we were introduced in chapter 13 to a guy that uh, is referred to as the Antichrist, right? And he will not only be uh, a ruler, he will have a kingdom, an empire. It will be the final world ruling empire on planet Earth until Jesus comes back, Revelation 19, and that's the end. Jesus will set up his kingdom that will last forever and ever. Well, a thousand years and, of course, forever and ever also. No more other kingdoms, right? We've demonstrated we cannot rule ourselves. We are in need of the Lord Jesus Christ ruling and reigning. And so that's going to happen. The other um, sidekick, if you will, of the Antichrist is a guy known as the, what was it known as? The, the false prophet. And so that completes the, the unholy trinity, the counterfeit trinity that will be on the scene during the seven years of tribulation. There's a counterfeit father with the devil or the dragon. There's a counterfeit son with the Antichrist and then a counterfeit Holy Spirit with the false uh, prophet. And again, these two work to accomplish Satan's plans to what? To steal, kill, and destroy. But can I remind us this morning, Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And we're going to see the contrast as we work our way through this morning. The kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light. Aren't you glad we've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness? We've been conveyed. We've been, we've been, we've been taken from, transferred from our lives once under our own rule, uh, under the leading of Satan, under the leading of our flesh, the world, the devil. And Jesus rescued us and saved us and brought us into his beautiful, marvelous kingdom the kingdom of light, the kingdom of love. Aren't you glad for that this morning? He did it. He made it happen. And so we're going to see a contrast this morning. We will be, at the end of this study, very heavy on application. And so just to give you a heads up, um, not that we're always, we always need to apply God's word. Amen to that. Where do we leave off? Y'all remember where we left off? You guys here last week? Where do we leave off? 14, 15, 
16, bingo. We'll just go back to verse 11. How's that sound? Get a running start this morning. Here's what God's word says. Check it out. Then I, John the Apostle, what did he see? He says, I saw another beast, another, another of the same kind, just like the first beast, the Antichrist, um, coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence. Who's the first beast again? The Antichrist, thank you. Um, and then it says, uh, he exercises the, the authority, all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes, check this out, causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, to worship the Antichrist, whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth. How? By those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name, here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. And so let me draw your attention again back to verse 11. We're going to kind of work through these verses that we looked at last week um, a, a little more quickly. And so John looks and he sees another beast, another of the same kind, like the Antichrist, but this one is a little bit different. He doesn't have as many horns. He looks like he's a lamb, right? He looks like a lamb with two horns. And so he's disarming, if you will. He's, it's really, um, he's, he, he's tender. A lamb is tender, right? But what did Jesus say about false prophets? They come to you, they are wolves in what? In sheep's clothing, Right? And so he's deceptive, and we're going to see he deceives with his appearance, with his words, and also with miraculous signs and wonders. And so he speaks like the dragon. Who's the dragon again? Satan, the devil. And we talked about this last week. How does the devil speak? He uses lies, accusations, right? Slander, slanders God to men and men to God. And we looked at his tactics, and we are not to be ignorant, we're told. Um, in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul told us, we are not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, the things that he uses, and, and how he uses the tongue to, to blaspheme God, to dishonor God, and to tear down one another also. And so we see the false prophet. He, he, again, he has the appearance of, of innocence, he, harmless like a lamb, but what? He's disarming, but he's deadly. The false prophet uses words, check this out, to turn people away from God. As I was studying this week, I was reminded of um, what Paul said to Timothy in light of the last days. Are we in the last days, by the way? We are. In fact, the Apostle Paul began 2 Timothy chapter 3 by saying to him, but know this, this is something you need to know, that what? That in the last days, perilous times will come. And one of the marks of perilous times, he says later in the chapter, he said, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Did you guys catch that? That was almost 2,000 years ago. Paul says, listen, last days, perilous times are going to come. There's going to be some evil people on the scene. There's, what's an imposter? 
Someone that's phony, someone that's a liar, someone that is uh, uh, someone that is, uses trickery or dishonesty for gain to take something from you. And he says what? He says they're going to grow worse and worse and worse, deceiving people. And what? They're they're deceived themselves. So what's our, what's our protection? Look what he says. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Listen, if deceivers are growing worse and worse, imposters, you know what that means? We need to know the word of God. Are you with me? That is our, that's our protection is knowing the Word of God. Not just knowing about the Word of God, but knowing the truth of God's Word so that when error does come, when deceitful people do come into our lives, we're able to say, whoa, time out. Where does it say that in God's Word? Are you guys with me still? And God has also given us the Holy Spirit. He has not left us as orphans. He's given us His Holy Spirit. And the whole, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to do what? Is to guide us into all truth, to help us. And so we appeal to the Holy Spirit to help us as, as we're studying the Word and as we're applying the Word in our lives. And He's giving us the, the power, the enabling to do those things and to help us to have d- discernment and see the difference between right and wrong. And it's the Lord that will help you and help me to keep us in that place of safety. You guys still with me this morning? Yes. You guys still with me this morning? Some of you guys, okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you. This is such a danger it's such a danger. I've seen, like, in 20 years of ministry here, countless people picked off. And we've had countless people come to our church that were being ripped off in churches where the Word of God was tweaked and twisted and perverted. And they bought into the hype. They bought into the lies. They bought into the nonsense. And it's like, man, there's going to be... Wo- Paul... Paul for three years with the, the church of Ephesus, warned them day and night with tears. That what would happen? That, that, that false teachers, that wolves would come and devour the flock, and then there would be people from within the flock that would do what? That would rise up speaking perverse things, twisted things, to do what? Draw away the disciples after themselves. That's a way to identify a false prophet too. Come follow me rather than follow Jesus Christ. And listen, I pray you're tuning in to this. I know it's kind of a review, but it's so crucial. I love you. We need to hear the truth of God's word. Well, I talked about last week, Joshua got picked off for a little bit, didn't he? He got in trouble. And so verse 12 tells us the false prophet has the same influence and power as the Antichrist since they work together, both energized uh, by the devil, by Satan. And then notice he does what? He causes the earth and the people on it to do what? To worship, to worship the Antichrist. And once again, it's mentioned that the Antichrist, over, we see this over and over and over again, that the Antichrist had some kind of miraculous resurrection. Some say it was a counterfeit resurrection, but it's such a big deal it is such a selling point. So many people are duped that it had to be um, either, or either real or a real good counterfeit. In any event, um, it was a game changer at this point during the tribulation, or will be. And so the false prophet will lead people in the worship of the Antichrist. And we talked about that last week, didn't we? We talked about how, how, how we have a propensity. All of us, really, we're wired to worship. Correct? We're worshipers. We are wired to worship, and sometimes we even worship men to our own detriment, to our own, uh, to our own demise, if you will. Even in the church, we begin to worship men, pastors, leaders, and so forth. And so, listen, there is only one that's worthy of our worship, our praise, our adoration. Listen, there's only one worthy of all of our lives. That's Jesus Christ. No one else but him. And so um, the devil wants to take worship from God. The devil wants to be worshiped instead of God. And uh, 
We see that happens during the tribulation period. And then notice verse 13, what does he do? Uh, so he, he deceives with his appearance, he deceives with words, and he deceives with signs. He performs great signs. Look at verse 13. He's able to bring fire from above in front of everybody. And then notice he deceives right in front of the Antichrist, the false prophet. Look what it says. Is he's enabled to do signs and wonders, tricking the people on planet Earth during this time. Again, this is satanic, and the false prophet promotes. Notice what he does here. And I didn't get to this point last week, but the, the false prophet promotes idolatry. Do you guys see that? Telling those who dwell on the earth to do what? To make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. So he uses signs and wonders in what? In a deceptive way to cause people to worship and follow the Antichrist. And he also, the false prophet, does what? He influences and introduces people to idolatry. Um, and so it's important that we test everything, you guys. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians, we are to test all things, hold fast that which is good, even signs and wonders, even the miraculous. Does that sign point us to Jesus? Does that wonder leave us in awe of Jesus? If it leaves you looking to a man, a movement, a church, a guru, or whatever else, listen, don't follow it. Don't, don't go down that trail. A sign must point to Jesus Christ, and a wonder must leave us in awe of him, marveling of him. But notice with me again, the false prophet influences and introduces people to idolatry. Remember in the Old Testament, gang, um, there was a warning about false prophets, wasn't there? There's a few. Didn't God warn about false prophets? This is in, if you're taking notes, Deuteronomy 18. And God is speaking to Moses. And he's communicating to his people before they go into the promised land. And the Lord said to me, what they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet, capital P, like you, from among their brethren. And will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. That's a beautiful Old Testament prediction of Jesus Christ the Messiah, isn't it? The, the prophet, capital P, right? Jesus said, I only say those things the Father tells me to say. Do those things that the Father tells me to do. And God says, you need to listen to him. You need to hear his words. Pay attention. That's exactly what the Father said, didn't he, from the cloud? Remember when, remember when, when, when the Father had to interrupt Peter? You guys remember that? Mount of Transfiguration, right? Jesus took them up the mount for what? Remember what it was for? For a prayer meeting. The guys fell asleep. That was something that they did. They fell asleep. Jesus is talking to who? Who do you have a little meeting with? Moses and Elijah, right? You guys remember that? And then Peter wakes up. The guys wake up. And what is Peter? Peter doesn't know what to say. Right? Isn't that what happens when we're sleeping instead of praying, too? We just say stuff we shouldn't be saying. <laughs> he wakes up. Lord, should we build three monuments? One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. How in the world did he know it was Moses and Elijah? Did they have, like, jerseys with their names? I don't know. <laughs> he just recognized them. And remember what happened? All of a sudden, here comes the Father, right? In, in a cloud, manifest in a cloud envelops them, swallows them up, right? Remember what the father said? It was a rebuke to Peter, wasn't it? This is my beloved son. Hear him. It's continually in the Greek, continually be hearing him. Peter, you're trying to elevate Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets. They point to my son, it's all about Jesus. This is my beloved son. Hear him. We need to listen to Jesus. Well, back to Deuteronomy 18, and then the, the warning about a false prophet. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, 
That prophet shall die. So a prophet that comes on the scene, someone claiming to speak on behalf of God, that leads you into the worship of false gods, that's called idolatry, isn't it? Second commandment, don't? We're not to make an image, right? To worship. And he says, that prophet shall be killed. That's why we have the stones out back. You guys seen this rock pile? No, I'm just kidding. We're, we're a nonprofit organization. Just... Some of you will get that later. It's totally cool. But listen, the Lord will deal. The Lord will deal with those that claim to speak on his behalf and are false. He'll take care of them. And so back to Revelation 13. It's false prophet influencing, introducing people to idolatry. And then verse 15 says, and he was what? He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. This is like, this is heavy and spooky, man. Look, look what this says. The false prophet, he empowers and enlivens some type of statue or replica or likeness of the Antichrist. And then look at the last half of that verse. This replica of the Antichrist, look what it says, communicates, it talks, it speaks, it appears lifelike, and those who refuse to worship this image, the statue or replica, what happens to them? They're put to death. But notice something with me. Put to death by who? By the image. I've been studying all week trying to wrap my mind around this, around this, that the image of the beast, the image, should both speak and cause as many as would not worship that image of the beast to be killed. The image comes to life, speaks, and kills. That's spooky, isn't it? Aren't you glad we're not going to be around for that? No? You like to see that? We'll be watching from the mezzanine, probably. Some believe this speaks of artificial intelligence, or some believe it's like a robot of some sort, um, or a hologram, possibly transhumanism. That's the next like, thing that's floating on the scene also. But I look at this, and look how this rolls out with me. How the kingdom of darkness works, how evil is operating here. Number one, there's deception, there's lies, there's indoctrination. Also, there's an exercise of supernatural power with signs and wonders going on. And then the demand, look at this, the demand of absolute obedience under the threat of death. Look at the next verse. He causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. So the false prophet makes everyone, no matter what status of life, take some, some type of that mark. The word mark means engraving, impression, symbol, or a stamp. So the Antichrist, or the, the false prophet, makes everybody... No matter what area of life you're in, rich, poor, slave, free, whatever, the entire planet takes some type of a stamp or imprint, imprinted mark on one of two places on their body, the right hand or the forehead. You know, it's interesting, when I take my son to school, he goes to a special needs, like adult school during the week, and uh, they do a random health check. You know what they use to check him with, to check his forehead? You guys seen that thing? You point it and it, anybody remember the old ones, the sticks we had to use, put them under the, to tell your temperature, you guys remember those? The technology's there now to read and scan. You guys remember the old ones, by the way, the stick, you have to, anybody still use those? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You guys are old school. OG, right? Is that what it is? But look, what, look what's happening here. The false prophet demands allegiance from everybody. Let me ask you a question. How do nations surrender their sovereignty? How do individuals surrender their freedom or their sovereignty? We've seen it, haven't we? We just saw it. 
We're seeing it happen right now. Is it real time? Is that what people say? Right now, it's happening. Are you with me? How does it happen? Make people afraid. Here's the crisis. Here's the next crisis. And we're going to tell you what to do and how to do it. We're going to tell you how to run your life. And you need to listen to us. Why? Because we are the experts and everybody has to do it. Regardless of your own personal conviction. Was that a little honk or an amen right there? Eh, eh. Lying, censorship, fear. Have we seen that at all? And this is just, a, this is just what we're seeing, a, pre, a sneak preview of coming attractions. Fear, censorship, disinformation, dishonesty, deception. It's interesting to me, it's everybody will be required to take this mark. You know what that means? That means total enslavement. Do you realize that's what the devil wants to do? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, that's where you are right now. You are totally enslaved, unable to set yourself free. Oh, you're saying, I can kick this habit, I can get rid of this, I can do this, I can make myself good, I can clean myself up. No, you can't. Only Jesus can set you free. It's so important to see this this morning. The devil does what? Convinces us God's ways are heavy, they're enslaving. It's bondage, man, no fun. It goes all the way back to the beginning, doesn't it? Isn't that what the devil said to Eve? Did God really say that? Come on. You're not going to die. He's trying to take away your fun. That liar, liar, pants on fire, right? He knows the day that you eat of it, you'll become just like him. He's holding out on you. You're not going to have your best life now if you follow him. It's, li- it's lies. Isn't it lies? Deception. And the, angel de- and, the, and the devil does what? He transforms himself as an angel of light. And Paul warned us in 2 Corinthians, it's no wonder his ministers do the same thing. The false prophets, the false teachers... Oh, they look good, sound good, right? But they're wolves in sheep's clothing. You'll know them by their fruits, right? You'll know them by the way they live their lives, the content of their message. They look like us, they smell like us, they talk like us, but guess what? They're not of us. And and listen, uh, sin is pleasurable for a season, but we can't blame the devil, can we? We can blame him, just like Eve. The devil made me do it. <laughs> right? Remember that? Remember who, the blame game where, where, it all, where it all stems back to? You guys ever blame one another? You can be honest in church this morning. Do you guys ever blame one another? It goes all the way back. Right? Adam blamed who? That's right, Eve and God. The woman you gave me. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren, James says in James chapter 1. And there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. And the false prophet will have people tricked, deceived, hoodwinked, just like we once were. Weren't we? Weren't we once blind? Our minds blinded by the devil, we're told in 2 Corinthians, right? Don't we sing that song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound? You guys remember that song? That saved a really good person like me. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I... We were blind. Do you guys realize that? The people around us are blind. Just like we once were. 
and they don't know any better. Totally enslaved. And we see here the devil's endgame to control people, to enslave people. But what's Jesus want to do? Jesus is into freedom, isn't he? Is anybody glad about that? Has Jesus set you free? Has Jesus set you guys free? Hallelujah. If not, you can come up after service. We'll pray for you. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Isn't that good news? The word of, what does the word of God do? It frees us up. It sets us free. It has the DNA. The word of God has the DNA to change our lives, to keep us from being enslaved, to do those things that only he can do through his word. But the people listening, they're tripping out, right? He's like, they're like, whoa, 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 time out. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. Wait a minute, we grew up in the church. We grew up in Christian homes and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, you guys know this verse, therefore if the son makes you free, you are free indeed. He's saying every single one of, every single one of you are in need of being set free. Set free from the penalty of sin. The wages of sin is death. Jesus set us free from the penalty of sin. Aren't you glad? Anybody glad for that? Can I get an amen up in here? <laughs> it's like, hallelujah. You're not going to hell. That's a reason to rejoice this morning, isn't it? He said, thank you. <laughs> set free from death. Set free from hell. Set free from the power of sin. The power of sin is broken in our lives. It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Aren't you glad? Do you look back on your life and say, wow, that thing doesn't have a hold on me any longer. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I just dropped a dumbbell on my toe and it's not F-bombs coming out. It's not bleep, 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 bleep. But it's not praise the Lord, hallelujah, yet, because I'm still a work in progress. But he breaks the power of sin in our lives and then one day set free from the presence of sin. Altogether, Jesus is so into freedom. Remember when Jesus cruised into the synagogue on the Sabbath, as was his custom to go to church? You guys remember that? In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus cruises in, they hand him the Bible, they hand him the scripture, Isaiah, and he reads it, and it's so beautiful, talking about the Holy Spirit upon the Lord's life, and it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Our Jesus is so into freedom. Thank you, Lord, for setting me free, setting us free. And then look what it says in the next part of the verse here. No one may buy or sell, verse 17, except who? One who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. You guys ever gone into like a store, you're buying something, your car gets rejected? How's that feel? Pretty good? How's this cool? And you have no other cards with you, just that one? It's been frozen or whatever? Isn't that bogus? That's the worst. Well, that's what's going to be happening. Without that mark, or the Antichrist's name, or his number, you cannot purchase anything or sell anything. All business, commerce, trade is linked to the mark. You know what that means? This is a powerful means of forcing people into compliance, isn't it? Have we got a foretaste of that? Yes. We have, haven't we? Yes. Jobs held over your heads. No vax, no job. 
No mask, no whatever. Correct? The stage is being set, gang. Human beings being conditioned. Look at the whole globe. You remember, remember what it was like traveling somewhere? You guys ever fly with, that, with your mask? Or out, you know, they tell you to put it on. And then what happens when you get on the plane? It falls down a little bit. Pull it up. Are you done eating? Pull it up. Eat with it up. <laughs> like, how did they see me? Just pull it down for a second. It's a control thing. It's a lord it over thing. It's a kingdom of darkness thing. I hope we're seeing it. There's only one letter difference between mark and mask. Some of you get that later. Totally cool. Listen, I'm not pro-vax, anti-vax, pro-mask, anti... Listen, that's not my message. My message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is our message. You want to wear a mask? Hallelujah. Don't borrow mine. I've worn the same one the whole time. (laughs) That's pretty gross. Sorry. um, That's so bad. Sorry. Man, pray for me. So lame. But notice with me, the mark is connected with this person, the Antichrist. The mark seems to be visible. It seems to be on the person and not in the person. You guys see that, what it says? To receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. So it's recognizable, it's voluntary, and when someone takes the mark, they are aligning themselves with the Antichrist. In other words, it's an outward expression of their loyalty um, to the Antichrist. They're personally identified with the Antichrist. And I think there's an important point here. Taking the mark involves personal choice. It's a choice. You're submitting yourself to that person. How do I know that? Because there will be a whole bunch of believers that say, we're not going to take the mark. No way. How do you know that? Because I read ahead. Revelation 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. Did you guys catch that? They said, no, we're not going to play your game. And it seems like the majority of those who say no, what happens to them? They get beheaded. They're martyred. And we'll talk more about that next week. And so those who take this mark listen, will do so willingly, and they will end up in the eternal lake of fire. We're going to learn that in chapter 14, verses 9 through 11. Once you take the mark of the beast, there's no turning back. You, have, you, have, you are past the point of no return. I don't care what your study Bible says from uh, a big preacher from the West or any other commentator. It takes third grade English to read. Really clear. The word, God says what he means and he means what he says. And he does everything he can short of twisting our arms to bring us to heaven to be with him. Do you know that this morning? The apostle Paul, man, when he was at Mars Hill, he's like, listen, this God that you're worshiping, the unknown God, he wants you to know him, to walk with him, to have a relationship with you and with him, and he's done everything he can. He's predetermined where you're going to be born, when you're going to be born. He's done all these things. He stacked the deck in his favor that you would come to know him personally. And we're going to see that so much so next chapter, next week, unless the Lord comes, which would be way better, wouldn't it? And angels are going to be flying around the globe sharing the gospel with people. No one will be without excuse. There's going to be no excuse. Everyone will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and be accountable unto God. And so, I think there's an important point here. The entire human race, apart from Jesus, is heading for enslavement 
And what is, the, what is the devil saying? These people belong to me. And here's the point. The kingdom of darkness reduces a person's life to being just a number. The kingdom of darkness, the kingdom we came out of, the kingdom that will be at its apex during the tribulation, reduces a human being to being just a number. And not like, oh, my number is 227-4973. No, one number for everybody. 666. That's heavy. I prayed about sharing this first service, and I did share it. I'm going to share it this service, too. Um, In the church today, there are churches today that reduce each person in the congregation to a number. And you know what they're called? They have a name. When I heard it, I was so ticked off. I wanted to wring the dude's neck. Again, pray for me. Another area God's dealing with me on. You know what he he called you guys? What he called us? Tithing units. Can I encourage you? If you go somewhere else, some other church, travel around, go somewhere, and end up at another church, and when you move or whatever, would you go ask the pastor or the leadership if you're considered a tithing unit? Because you are not a tithing unit. You are a precious, blood-bought child of God. Don't let anyone reduce you to a number. Because And that's a big thing with pastors, too. How much are you running over there, Mike? I'm not running anybody. They're Jesus' precious people. And God has called me to be an under-shepherd, and I will do everything in my power to do what he's called me to do but we will not call people numbers. And we see it here. And he says, look what he says, here's wisdom, here's insight, here's discernment. For the person who gets it, the one with understanding, the one who is judging soberly, you can calculate, compute, figure out the Antichrist's number. And people do that, don't they? Who do you think it is, Mike? Is it Emmanuel Macron? I don't know if that's French, but it sounds good. Because Emmanuel means God with us. He thinks he's God with us. Or what about little rocket man? Something young, whatever. If you add up the numbers, it comes to this. Do you think it's in a mic? You know what I say? I am not looking for the Antichrist. I am looking every day for Jesus Christ to come for me, to come for us. Well, then what's this given for? Well, personally, I don't believe we're going to see the Antichrist based on 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to be out of here. Then the lawless one will be revealed after we're taken out. Then the lawless one will be revealed. Again, third grade English. But this is crucial for those in the tribulation. It will mean a lot to the tribulation saints Because they'll be like, this is the Antichrist. (laughs) This is not something I should do. (laughs) We get it. We see it. We see. And the numeric, it's interesting, in Greek and Hebrew, each letter is assigned a numerical value. And so with someone's name, you take all the letters and add them up. And the total, the tally is what? 666 is the idea. And so... To me, it's like the Antichrist is all about man and not God. He is a man. Man at his very best is just a man and not God. It's the number of a man. And the numerical value is 666. And I want to encourage this again. Don't be spooked out if that's on your credit card or driver's license. Or I, I, I mean, I don't make, mean to make light of that, but people, it happens. And they're freaking out. Again, it's a voluntary, willful choice to reject Jesus Christ and to follow the Antichrist. It's not, it's not just accidentally, like all of a sudden it falls on your head. What's the application? Can I, can I just remind us, God has a mark too. Do you know God has marked you? 
He's put his seal upon you and me. Is that good to be reminded this morning? Mark of ownership. That's what it is. The Antichrist has his mark of ownership. Jesus Christ has his as well. In Ephesians chapter 1, we're told, In him, in Jesus, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, yes, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Isn't that beautiful? We have our, we're marked to his name. It's a mark of ownership, his seal upon each one of us, identifying us as his children, each unique, each wonderful, the number of hairs on your head, he knows each one, or the lack of. So I'm making sure you're still with me this morning. Listen, even now, you either, you either belong to God or you belong to the devil. The Bible tells us in 1 John. Again, it's not an accident the Lord has brought you here. He loves you. He wants to rescue, to make you his very own, a child of God. And and here's the deal. Knowing what we know, man, we've studied this book, and many of us know this inside and out. Many of us know the prophecies from Daniel, and you know the the ten toes, the ten, you even know the ten toenails. Hallelujah. And maybe some of you can correct my grammar and Greek. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the important thing is that we should never get proud and look down on others, but it should birth within us what God desires, and he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So knowing this, it should translate something into our hearts, to have God's heart for those around us that are lost and blind, dead in their trespasses and sins, and he wants to use you and he wants to use me in a special way to share the good news of Jesus Christ that they too might be saved and redeemed and rescued just as you and I have been. Can I encourage you to be discerning? Can I encourage you this morning to be discerning? Again, with the signs and wonders deal. Matthew 16, remember what happened to Jesus? The religious leaders came, they bombarded him. Pharisees, Sadducees, they they close in on Jesus, testing him. Show us a sign from heaven. Hadn't he already shown them a bunch of stuff? Y'all remember this, Matthew 16, you guys? Remember what Jesus said? You're able to discern the weather patterns, but why aren't you able to discern the signs of the times? Hey, you know, red skies at night, sailors delight. Red skies in morning, sailors take. You guys know too, right? You're able to discern the the weather patterns. He's like, why are you missing what's happening right here? Of all people who should have known better were those people that what? Knew their Bibles. They had them memorized, didn't they? The Pharisees. But they could not connect the dots spiritually. (laughs) Seeing what they were seeing. Seeing Jesus Christ on the scene, fulfilling those prophecies. God's word being fulfilled over and over and over. Can I encourage us this morning? God is fulfilling his word all over the place. What Jesus said, what happened in the last days, what Paul wrote about the last days, what John wrote about the last days, we are seeing it, guys, happen over and over with more intensity and more frequency. And it's like, wake up. Wakey, wakey, come on, let's go. Remember what Jesus said? He said to them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah, which is resurrection from the dead. The one sign that every human being will be held accountable for is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. After his death, his substitutionary death on the cross on our behalf. What was Jesus saying to them? You're you're good at all the current event, all the stuff happening around you, the weather. Why are you missing out on what's happening prophetically? You know your Bibles. 
It should translate into something. It should translate into brokenness and a desire to have God work in our lives in a special way as only he can, using us to reach a lost and dying world before it's too late. Listen, the, time, the clock's going to expire. I shared this Wednesday night. I, I have been with a number of people on their deathbed, believers and unbelievers. And I have never once, well, what I typically hear from people that are about to go home to be with the Lord, I've never heard them say, I wish I didn't serve the Lord as much as I did. You know what they say? I wish I would have served the Lord more. I wish I would have given more of myself to the Lord. Listen, I, I'm just going to be straight up with you. I'm the same way. I, I need more of God's filling in my life. I wish I was filled with the Spirit more. How many opportunities I've missed because it was like so filled with me, myself, and I. And so pray for me. I don't want to miss another opportunity that God brings into my life. Be a student of God's word. Be in the word every day to get to know God and walk with him. Put on the full armor of God and use the weapons that God has given you. Ask for his help and his, ask for the help of the Holy Spirit, his guidance. Ask for him to fill you, baptize you, whatever terminology you want to use. That your life would be under his influence and out of your heart will be flowing rivers of living water. Last application. Um, did you notice here the powerful use of deception and dishonesty led to the powerful use of force? The kingdom of darkness wants to hold on to those who are deceived to control people. Listen, God does not use deception. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Jesus is the truth. His word is truth. It is the truth that sets us free. He does not use force. Our Lord does not use force. They wanted to make him king by force. Y'all remember that? Jesus fed everybody, fed the multitudes. He's the bread king. He fills our bellies. Let's make him king now. And they wanted to make him king by force. But he doesn't do things by force. He knocks, doesn't he? He invites. You come just as you are. You're weary and burdened. Come to me. You're thirsty. Come to me. I knock on your heart's door. I'm not going to pound the door down. You open the door and I'll come in. You come to me. Abide in me. Stay connected to me. There's no force. There's no manipulation. There's no coercion. He doesn't keep us through fear or threat of death like we see the kingdom of darkness. His kingdom's way different, way more glorious. And he shepherds our lives, guys, with grace and truth. And I'm so, I don't know about you, I'm eternally grateful that my life is under his shepherding care, that your lives are. That's the only way for our lives to thrive and to abound is to be under the good shepherd's care. In Jesus' name, Lord.